This is Under Understood. Hi, everybody. Hey, Regina. Hey, Reg. Hey. I have a question that has been bothering me for a while. It is from a book. I think the reason it's been bothering me for a while is because the last time I actually like read a full book was before the pandemic mm-hmm. uh, because I've just had a really hard time focusing on books during this time. I think I've started three books during the pandemic, which is already very low, but not finished any of them. Yeah, oh, I've started a ton. <laughs> but the, this book in particular is called My Year of Rest and Relaxation. Oh, perfect. Right. I know. Very fitting. I think we've all had a really relaxing, restful year. Yeah, that about sums it up for us. Yeah. It's by Otessa Moshvek. Fiction or nonfiction? It's fiction. Okay. I'm really not going to focus too much on the plot of the book because it's a little bit complicated and it's also a bit dark, but I highly recommend the book. I really, really, really can't stress enough how much I liked it. But it's really just this one question from the book that has stuck with me. So at this point in the book, the protagonist is thinking about her mother who has died uh, almost exactly seven years earlier. And she's remembering back to her memorial and she narrates, quote, her hair was perfect. Her lipstick was perfect. Blood red, Christian Dior, 999. If I unearthed her now, would the lipstick have faded? Uh, uh, what 999? Christian Dior 999. Christian Dior. So if you Dior. look up this lipstick, yeah, it's like a perfect red. Yeah. Uh, like one of those reds that is supposed to kind of look good on everybody, regardless of your skin tone. Is this what they call candy apple red? Well, the writer calls it blood red. Mm. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like nice oxidized blood. I mean, to me, this is like the classic, like Hollywood blonde red lipstick. Yes, exactly. But before we get too much further down this, I want to know, just based on that sentence and based on the very little I have told you, do you think that the lipstick would have faded? Were the lips prepared by a professional? I think it's safe to assume she was prepared by a professional. She was very wealthy. She was also very vain Mm -hmm. and not someone who would just be buried in anything. The passage also specifies that she was buried in a carnation pink Thierry Mugler suit. (laughs) That does sound fancy. Yeah, exactly. That's a high-end designer suit. So I'm going to assume that we're talking about like a pretty high-end funeral. How long has it been? Seven years? Seven years. Does lipstick itself break down? It's hitting me as being about the color. Mm -hmm. Like you imagine the mother is laid out in her coffin at the wake and she looks perfect and she has these perfect red lips. And the red lips, I mean, it makes you look alive. And I think that that's kind of the question. Like, would she look this lively? Would she have these bright red lips? After seven years. Isn't that like special lipstick though? They don't use like normal consumer lipstick for that, right? They do something special. What do you think they use? Spray paint? Right? It's like it's like the 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 McDonald's cheeseburger <laughs> in the commercial. It's not the McDonald's cheeseburger you eat. Mm-hmm. And that's also the way I think about dead bodies, right? <laughs> you think about dead bodies just like you think about cheeseburgers. Got it. Right. Like why would it be lip why would it be the same lipstick that you put on an alive person? 
I think if you are that specific about like, this is the lip color that I wear, then, you know, you're not going to just let somebody take some red paint left over from when they put an accent wall in their living room up, you know? Right. Okay. Unless, unless they make matte, glossy, and mortician. It's called dead as a Dior nail. Uh, are there lips for the lipstick to be on seven years out well if it's a like if it's like an airtight sealed coffin then that's one case versus if it's you know like mm-hmm. things can crawl in there and whatnot can, can you read the can you read the passage again her hair was perfect her lipstick was perfect Blood red, Christian Dior, nine nine nine. If I unearthed her now, would the lipstick have faded? So there's the question of the lipstick on its own, does that break down? But also I would think there's the question of like, okay, you put lipstick on a human body and then you just let that sit for a period of time. Does the lipstick start to color the like does it start to meld with the flesh? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And so would that mean it could last longer? Like, does it does it essentially become like a tattoo or something that you would imagine would stay longer because it right. just becomes embedded in your body? Right. And especially like with, with fancier lipsticks and with these like higher end ones, the whole thing with the pigment and to get this really bright color is it's really, really finely ground and then like melted into the base. And so that can basically stain your lips. So rather than sitting on top of your lips, it could stain it. So I would kind of think high-end lipstick might not last as long because it might be made of safer, better materials than cheap lipstick, right? I don't know. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, like it's more organic. Yeah. Like it's made of crushed rose petals instead of like microplastics. Yeah, lead and microplastics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's like a, it's like a fancy croissant versus a Twinkie, right? Like which is going to last longer if you put it in the ground? But we're talking about this specific lipstick, right? Will this will Dior nine 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 last seven years at, applied to a dead person? Right. Right. Yes. So I have the full ingredient list for this particular lipstick. Um, Adrian, how would you feel about reading this? These are definitely pronounceable words that I haven't practiced at all. Um, Okay. Yeah, super easy. Number 10599-A, polyglyceryl 2, (laughs) triisosterate, hydrogenated polysobutene, hydrogenated polydesine, synthetic wax, methyl hydrogenated rosinate, polybutene, trimethylopropane triesterate, <laughs> azocarite, I like that one, ethyl hexyl palmitate, I like that one too, C10 mm-hmm. through 30, cholesterol slash lanosterol esters, calcium carbonate, polyethylene, Sarah Alba, which is beeswax. <laughs> Jessica's sister. <laughs> 
I'm going to start speeding these up so that we can get through them all. Calcium, aluminum, borosilic, dice, demonium, hector, megafera, indica, parentheses, mango, seed butter, capillaric, capric, triglyceride, desi, waxa, xylidone, parfum, parentheses, fragrance, hydrogenated vegetable oil, cylindrical seed oil, hexyl hydroxyderate, HD, critical meritum, extra hydroxyderate, aluminum hydroxide, purple gallium, ethylene glycol, phenoxy, ethanol, geranium, hydrogen, ethanol, 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 ethanol,
It's $5 a month, and you can sign up at patreon.com slash underunderstood. Either way, thanks for supporting the show. It really does mean a lot to us. Thanks. Hi, everyone. I'm back. Hello. 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 I did not dig up a body. Okay. Oh, so you got someone to do it for you? Yeah. (laughs) I definitely talked to people who have buried bodies. Okay. Okay. If that counts. This is getting interesting. Yeah, I think so. Pretty much as soon as I started trying to figure this out, I realized that I was in over my head. So I contacted a professor who teaches funeral services. My name is Dr. David Penapent, and I'm the Director of Funeral Services Administration at the State University of New York at Canton. And he was a little confused. Oh, God. <laughs> well, I, I really don't understand the question, um, but, you know, what are they trying to get at? Uh, maybe you can help me out here because I'm, I'm just at a loss. So I think I went in a little hot uh, with David. <laughs> It was the morning and I was flustered and I just like, I, yeah, it went in way too hot. And he was like, I, I just don't know what you're asking me. At this point, I kind of realized that calling people and asking them about a very specific hypothetical situation involving a corpse is maybe a bad approach and decided to break things down and start with the makeup. Mm-hmm. And I found this nylon article, which was called uh, Mortuary Makeup Artists Give Us Their Best Beauty Tips. <laughs> Hell yeah. Which, like, the concept of is kind of strange to me, but I love it. Wait, do they mean beauty tips for living people or dead people? Yeah, it's like, here's how we do this on dead people so that you can learn from it. Huh. Here's how we would immortalize you. So why don't you do it on a, on a Monday? I don't know. That's, I don't think, what it is. Okay. This article quoted a few different beauticians who do this for a living, and so I contacted one of them. My name is Amber Carvely. I am a licensed funeral director. I worked for the the briefest of times as an apprentice embalmer. I ran a funeral home for about four years. I ran Undertaking LA. I became a funeral director because I wanted to be an embalmer. I had like zero desire to work with families. I'm a waitress. I wanted to never talk to another human again. I was so, I'm like very excited to only work with dead bodies. Dead bodies are amazing. It is so peaceful and there is such a spiritual, and I'm not like a super spiritual person, but there is such a a beautiful quiet that you only get from being around the dead. Just her saying that does sound peaceful. Right, exactly. So then I asked Amber about the process of applying makeup to a body. So essentially the process on an embalmed body, I would almost say is the same as like doing makeup on your friend who's alive because the embalming fluid, because of the way it dehydrates the body and firms and plumps everything is incredibly helpful and mimics a life essence within you. Before we get too much further with Amber, I want to explain, um, again, we're talking about fiction. So our main character didn't specify that her mother had been embalmed, uh, but for memorials, it's really, really common for people to get embalmed. And it's also just like a easier way to control the situation so that everything stays in place. Like Amber said, like there's less moisture, uh, the, the body doesn't get sweaty. And so I feel like pretty confident that we can assume the mother was embalmed. Hmm. 
an embalmed body is much easier to put makeup on and to, so we call it in, in the industry, they say cosmetize. So what happens is you go, you get embalmed, you're put onto, um, you know, you're, you're kept on a table. Um, we'll put some massage cream on your face, which is just like a heavy, heavy cream to keep the face from dehydrating because the, the skin there is so thin. Maybe they'll put a little sheet of plastic over the face, which looks very disturbing, but I assure you it is practical in this situation. And then from there, there's a lot of like tips and tricks, which is what that whole nylon article is about. If you're uh, looking for some ways to switch up your routine. Mm-hmm. Always. <laughs> but it's really not like that different. Did you ask her, are they using real lipstick? Yes. At this point, I told Amber about the quote from the book and how I was interested in how lipstick is applied to bodies, and and I wanted to know how long it would last. Yeah, that's so interesting because, I mean, I have lipstick from that long ago that uh, I don't necessarily wear, but um, I actually donated it to my my cosmetics pal for working on um, dead bodies. Huh. So, yes, they use real lipstick. And Amber is saying she has lipstick that is seven years old and it still looks okay. Yep, exactly. And she's putting it on dead bodies. And she's putting it on dead bodies. all over the dead bodies. Yeah. (laughs) That makeup still has its pigment and it still looks okay. So I don't don't know. I'd be curious if it was still on the lips or if it had like oxidized, you know, oxidized and reacted to the body and and eventually faded. But I don't, I don't know. I imagine it could still be there. Okay. I feel like it's leaning in the over, over direction of it would still be there after seven years based on that. So what's, what happens to these ingredients? Right. So I think Amber's experience about, you know, actually using lipstick and broad understanding of how the body is prepared is obviously helpful. But I felt like the next thing to really do was like to talk to somebody who understands the science of what happens to the ingredients over time. I did my undergraduate and doctoral degrees in chemistry at Oxford University. And then I went to Japan and worked in a physics department for almost two years. And then decided to continue a research career and came to the US and worked first at ExxonMobil in New Jersey. And I was then headhunted to join a molecular simulation software company. Whoa, I was impressed till he got to New Jersey. (laughs) So... The person listing all of these like very scientific sounding jobs is a man named John Newsom. I got in touch with him via the American Chemical Society. After his time in Jersey, John moved out to the West Coast. And for the last 15 years or so, he has been working for a company that does early development of formulations that are applied to the skin. So when we think specifically about a lipstick, the reason, primary reason we're doing it is for color. So the first characteristic of the formulation is it has to be able to contain the ingredients that give it the right color. So the right color makes it sound kind of simple, but obviously it's not like one right color or even one version of each color. There are a lot of different shades and each different shade requires a combination of a lot of different colors. Secondly, it has to be able to adhere appropriately to the skin, the skin uh, forming the lips. We worry about the ability to spread the product when we apply it our skin. 
So if it was just a hard wax like a candle, you know, we wouldn't be able to deposit enough of that on the skin unless we did it multiple times. So the spreadability of the formulation is also important. For, for durability, we're, we're fighting a few different things. The, the first is our lips are going to contact various objects, some inanimate and maybe some animate. <laughs> <laughs> now does a dead body count as inanimate or animate um i'm gonna say that a dead body counts as inanimate okay. yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna call that inanimate like pretty pretty solidly okay so when they're making the formulas right they have to worry about making sure that the lipstick is like easy enough to apply but hard to accidentally remove so a- a- any product to be commercially viable, it, it, it has to survive more or less intact. The manufacturing, the packaging process, shipment, and then sitting on the shelf for what might be two years. And that all just means they have to test it under a lot of different conditions. So how do we test this? Well, it, it's tested in a number of ways because stability can either be kind of physical stability we're just asking, you know, has the shape changed? Has the, the, the spreadability changed with time? Or it could be chemical, where some chemistry is going on in the product to change its characteristics. So the, the way we do those measurements, we'll then put the, the product, ideally in the package in which it will be sold, into a controlled environment. And that's typically, we'd maintain it, for example, at 25 degrees C and uh, 60% relative humidity. That's a measure of the water content of the atmosphere. So that's like 77 degrees Fahrenheit. And then 60% relative humidity is like kind of the high end of what's considered comfortable. But also, we we would put it in at higher temperature and higher relative humidity. And the reason that's important is any chemistry that's happening gets substantially more rapid with increase in temperature, about a factor of two per 10 degrees. So, so by going to the higher temperature, we can actually accelerate the process of aging or fading or the chemistry that's happening. And that allows us to assess the, stability, the chemical stability without having to wait the two years that we'd have to wait for under normal conditions. So they basically can see what would happen over two years' time. And two years is like the standard expiration for a thing of lipstick to be the same as it was when you first bought it. That seems really short. I think this falls under the category of stuff that we should be replacing more, but don't. Right, right. Right, mm-hmm. I think that the the real thing that we're asking here is like, what are the the processes that contribute to the color of lipstick fading over such a long period of time? And I think that the reason that it is so ungoogleable is because it's not tested for seven years, right? Because who would want to keep? I mean, one, it's not even tested that the lipstick itself, not on a person, is stable for seven years. Mm-hmm. But two, it's like, who wants to keep the same lipstick on for seven years? Yeah. You would want to wash it off at some point, right? So why would that be tested for? So this is where I feel like the chemistry really comes in. We're actually talking here about much longer term processes. 
And they really fall into three categories. The first is physical, right? The second is chemical. And the third is microbial. So there's like basically three fronts in the battle against decay. Exactly. So I think, you know, the the physical one is pretty obvious. If you just put some lipstick on and laid, laid outside on the pavement for a few days, right? I mean, eventually, even if you weren't alive, the lipstick would eventually come off because, you know, it's raining, you know, and and there's other things going on. (laughs) I'm assuming you tried this, Uh, right? I imagine, like, if you put lipstick on and laid in the pavement for a few days, (laughs) at some point, you definitely wouldn't be alive, you know? (laughs) Depends on where you are. Yeah, I think David Blaine tried this at one point. Yeah. (laughs) What color lipstick, though? Red, for sure. So from just like a purely physical perspective, uh, the color and the intensity can change. So those are some of the physical processes. So even if no chemistry was happening and there were no microbes, with time you'd expect the intensity of the color to change. Uh. You'd also expect the the hue, the, the actual details to change because the different colorant molecules diffuse and dissolve at different rates. Oh. Huh. But then, you know, we said there were like three categories. So once we get into the second category, which is the chemistry, it's about the molecules and the compounds in the lipstick as well as the molecules and compounds that they're coming in contact with. So we talked about water when we were talking about the physical section, but it comes up here again uh, because of the chemical compounds in lipstick and the fact that they're like slowly susceptible to hydrolysis, which basically just means that they react with water. What chemistry can happen depends on the molecule that we're looking at or the compound we're looking at and the sorts of things it's in contact with. If no water is present, they want that there's no ability for that chemistry to happen. When water is present, it will happen. The rate at which that chemistry happens, and hence the rate at which fading occurs, may depend on other things that are present. For example, some of the other components may accelerate the rate of that hydrolysis and hence increase the rate of of fading. And, And in some compounds, the rate of hydrolysis depends on the the uh, the pH, the degree of acidity or alkalinity. So so that's the, the 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 second type of reaction. Next is oxidation, which is how the lipstick would react to the environment around it. There are certain ingredients in the lipstick that, when they become oxidized, could change the color, but it's hard to predict the rate at which that would happen. Hmm. I feel like the case is mounting against me. And me. And John. Our third category is a big one, and it is, I'm waiting for one of you to guess it. Uh, It's not the The microbial microbial one. Thanks. You all fail. (laughs) (laughs) What is astonishing, you know, we're we're the huge beneficiaries of this, that there are microbes out there that have the ability to metabolize, to, to eat and convert what to them are useful products, all sorts of different compounds, including many of the constituents of a lipstick. So the microbes are like little Pac-Man. 
that will eat things. I like this idea of little Pac-Man. In that environment, there'll be lots of microbes. And with time, you know, I'd expect my microbial degradation of, of, of the lipstick. So what I wanted to kind of get a handle on next is how all of these processes would either speed up or slow down once you're underground, like in a casket. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, so you're thinking like if it slows down underground, seven years might be enough to keep the color the same. Exactly. Like we kind of now understand like the inevitable things that will happen based on different variables. Right. But in a dead body, which is like, yeah, right. It's been embalmed to stay stable. You're in a dark place. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. For lipstick that's on a body surface in the ground, the, the oxygen levels tend to be a lot lower. So oxidation may be slowed down. And again, these reactions may at room temperature be quite slow, but over seven years, it may be enough to completely eliminate one of the colors. Damn it. (laughs) Yeah, so we've got like chemical reactions that are happening maybe a little bit slower, but will likely still lead to some noticeable color fade. Not sure how long that takes. We have microbes all over the place just eating anything that they can. (laughs) And things are not looking great. But I, in a last-ditch effort, asked John to look at the specific ingredients in the lipstick that we're talking about, Christian Dior 999, and see if that changes anything here. So in this particular product that you sent me, there's BHT, which is butylated hydroxytoluene, is, is actually its chemical name. Uh, and that is a very commonly used antioxidant. That's why it's in the product. You know, it's to prevent oxidation happening. Typically, a product that's applied topically will also include a preservative. Uh, And that means something that that will prevent microbes from growing on and in the product. So so that's another thing. but keep in mind that, again, these are, tend to be small molecules. And, you know, when the product's being subjected to a, a challenging circumstances, you know, that that's going to dissolve, diffuse with time. That, you know, that the product won't remain intact, you know, for more, more than a... I mean, seven years is kind of borderline, I would think. Huh, borderline. But, but it, it's not like you have... The lipstick is is di- different containers of each of the components. They're all mixed together. And so it may be that a colorant molecule, a dye or a pigment, is actually encased, encased in a wax. And because the wax is unreactive, the bugs, the oxygen, the water can't get in to do the damage. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Complicates things. Inconclusive. Yeah. Very inconclusive, but also very interesting. Yeah. Because it's like, that's where it's like, what is the definition of lipstick? Like, <laughs> the pigment is still there. It's enveloped mm-hmm. in wax. So, like, the, the lipstick is kind of still there. It's just not necessarily, mm-hmm. you know, it's mm-hmm. not applied in the same way. What you're saying is like a sad clown. I don't <laughs> believe I used... Either of those words. Okay. Just saying, this is pretty close to what my (laughs) prediction was. Maybe minus those specific words. Uh, Okay. 
So if you remember Amber from the beginning, she mentions that she uses like a really heavy cream on the skin of the bodies because it's so thin. Right. And so I asked John about that. I mean, their, their goal is to have it, you know, last a week, you know, at most too. So it will be, you know, and it can't be obvious. It can't, you know, so it's going to be a really thin film. And, and but almost certainly it, it is a wax of, it's a, probably a hydrocarbon of some sort. So, so that will help. That will de- definitely help. But keep in mind, you know, once the underlying tissue degrades, the, the, you know, even if it remained in place, which I don't think it will for very long, um, the other side would also be accessible. Okay, so that's the take. That's the that's the bottom line. What I would expect is you would find those sorts of molecules still intact, and you would have traces, faint traces, still of color, but most of the color would be gone. So basically, even if the microbes don't, you know, eat the lipstick, they will eventually still eat the tissue. Hmm. And then there's nothing for the lipstick to be on. Yeah, that seems relevant. Like if the, if they eat the lips, yeah. no lipstick does fade. Well, but then at that point, are the microbes wearing the lipstick? Oh. <laughs> Little Pac-Man with yeah. lipstick. Little Pac-Man clowns. The 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 like traces of the wax and the pigment will still be there. Like if you f- dig up the remains, there will still be traces of lipstick even if the lips are gone. So we're already veering away from the perfect look that was described Mm -hmm. in the book. Yeah, don't think it's going to look perfect. Exactly. Our original question of will the lipstick have faded is a pretty clear no. Mm -hmm. It's not going to look perfect. It's not going to be the same color. There will likely be traces of lipstick there, but it will not be what it once was. But... I think ultimately it's about more than the traces of lipstick that remain. Remember David, the first funeral services expert that I spoke to and sort of confused slash overwhelmed right off the bat? (laughs) I think that sort of happened because I came in with a really specific question and I was looking for a really specific answer and he didn't give me that. Mm. But he did kind of set me straight, like when I explained the context of the passage to him. Don't take this literally. Look at what this is trying to say. That's grief. It's not about the lipstick fading. That's grief. David's entire job is actually sort of all about this. He teaches his students that part of this process is seeing the death event as the start of the grieving experience. And if we are talking about the whole grieving experience, the sentence that comes right after the one we've been discussing seems pretty relevant. After asking if the lipstick would have faded, she says, Either way, she'd be a stiff husk, like the sloughed-off exoskeleton of a huge insect. That's what my mother was. From this brief passage, it seems to me like she never got to her core as a human being. She was all of... She was all of these other things that that either haunted her or dressed her up, but she never really knew her the core human inside of her mother. Exactly. Um, and I think, you know, maybe what the question really meant was like, was there a human underneath that lipstick? Um, and I think that, you know, science shows that 
there was. That, in in essence, is, is a part of how people cope with the complexity of a grieving experience. You know, um, so, you know, that's my interpretation. It's really a complex one. <laughs> Under Understood is John Lago Marcino, Regina DeLay, Adrian Jeffries, and me, Billy Disney. We're an independent podcast, so if you like the show, please share it with your friends or give us a review on Apple Podcasts. We've been seeing a lot of nice people recommending the show on Reddit lately, so if that was you, we see you and we appreciate you and keep spreading the word. You can also support us directly on Patreon. If you become a patron, You'll get access to our weekly bonus show, Over Understood, and our private Discord server. You can find information and how to subscribe at patreon.com slash underunderstood or by clicking the link in the show notes. If you're already a patron, you rock. Thanks for listening. <laughs>